Hello, beloved listeners, and welcome to Snake People at the Movies, film criticism by people who actually like film. Join us as we dive into movies we love, movies we respect, and movies we wish we could unsee. It's the podcast where we talk about growing up and living queer, nerdy, and depressed, online and at the cinema. From the kids who are once again defending the musical genre, it's Snapple at the Movies. I'm Ezra, I'm back! I'm Helena, <laughs> I'm also back! <laughs> I'm Maddie, I've been here the whole time, so yeah. I don't know what's wrong with y'all. <laughs> um, do you want that in chronological order or alphabetically? <laughs> Uh, I want it by year, so I guess chronologically. Yeah, that works. Um, um, <laughs> I want it by decade. Okay, so uh, uh, in 1991, um... Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I was more thinking because so as... we were all taking a break last time when we were... Yeah, sort of, so, kind of. uh... This is this is the uh, Ezra's birthday episode that's coming out like a month after, well, like three weeks after my birthday. Um, yeah, two okay, weeks? Yeah. Time is fake. I don't give a shit. Um, so that's I'm okay. 31 now. Um, I'm still not the you oldest are. person in our friend group because that's still Madeline, which that's I right. think is really funny. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I had some was weirdly anyway there were some issues some of them were technical difficulties we had some, yeah we had some weird tech is- issues happening and we were like you know what rather than trying to punch this into shape let's just hold off a couple weeks um so that's what we did mm-hmm. uh welcome to late november i had to do some mental math there uh ezra's <laughs> birthday was obviously early this month but who gives a shit? Uh, Ezra, what did you pick for your topic? I picked, so going back to the well of let's talk about 70s movies by genre vaguely, um, I was like, hey, you know what I love? I love movie musicals. You know what I love? I love movies made in the 70s. You know what I want to talk about? Movie musicals from the 1970s. The genesis here was uh, me realizing that Fiddler on the Roof and Cabaret came out very, very close to each other. And then I got lost in the sauce of like thinking about the, the those two things, and then I realized um, like about two hours ago that it's not that deep, idiot. Um, those are just two uh, sort of places and times that are I feel are like ancestral to me as a Jewish person and as a queer person, and these are both musical portraits of them um on the verge of destruction. Like on 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 like, you know, that like one minute to midnight kind of on the doom clock. Hmm. Um yeah. Yeah. So totally. not to get like super depressing or anything, but uh yeah, movie musicals. Not just about what we lost in the Shoah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it was the first time I had seen either of those movies. I had I'm seen so a sad I didn't get to watch them with you. I know. Um, I had seen a production of Fiddler many years ago. I think in middle school. This I this may have been in our middle school thing, Helena, but I'm not a hundred percent because I don't remember if I saw it in middle school or in high school. I I have a remembrance of it being a school thing, but I like I am not a hundred percent. Oh, Fiddler. It would have been at. Yeah, it would have been probably at center stage um or yeah, it would have been there was a production that i s- remember seeing um i do not remember where it was um i don't either that was just my because it was a big production i remember it might have been like an off-broadway or something i remember it being yeah. pretty good yeah was um, good. yeah so but that was obviously like decades ago like a decade and a half ago at this <laughs> point 
Um, but this is the first time I saw the movie, and we'll talk about it, obviously, in a little bit. But it was very satisfying to watch those both. Um, they're both... I, I watched Fiddler today, and I, like, every time a song started, I was like, oh, I remember this song. And then within 30 seconds, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think it's also Just really thematically appropriate in a way. This is like a really stupid tangent, um, but he doesn't listen to this podcast, so um, it's fine. Uh, I met the actor Danny Burstein the other day who played Tevia on Filler on the Roof a few years ago and who I <gasps> saw in My, My Fair Lady revival in 2018 where he played um, Alfred Doolittle and he won a yeah. Tony for Milan Rouge, this Danny Burstein. He came into the store and he um, bought some cards. He was really nice. <laughs> Um, so he was helping. So he, incredible timing. He pointed out that some guy who had been in there before kind of acting weird had, um, who had been eating Shake Shack fries in the store had left the fries strategically throughout various places in the store in like mugs and of stuff. Course. And so sure. he was just kind of being commiserating with us. And, uh, so I was like, he is, he has come just in time for us to record this podcast about yeah absolutely <laughs> truly uh, this is really why we delayed hell. it <laughs> thank yeah. you danny burstein and uh thank you thank you i guess to the guy who decided he wanted to leave fries all over the store uh, no he doesn't get any gratitude no, okay. he doesn't get shit okay <laughs> no that that anecdote belongs purely to you now yeah mm-hmm. And to everybody who just exactly. heard it. Because, I mean, yeah, yeah but well. like like telling a story of, oh, haha, yeah, that one time I like left Shake Shack fries all over a bookstore makes you sound like an asshole. Well, that time th- I worked there and that time somebody left Shake Shack fries all over the bookstore <laughs> is like an amusing anecdote. Well, the, the structure of it makes us wonder if he was the same man. Like the chaotic energy of it makes us wonder if he was the same mm. perpetrator who... Matcha Man. What if he's Matcha Man? Matcha Man. For listeners, this is the man who poured matcha on our sale books outside. Not like accidentally spilled it, but like poured strategically a puddle of matcha. Like very specifically. On yeah. the books outside. That shit's so ex- again, that shit's expensive. Like- very, so are Shake Shack fries. So I yeah, have never been man. to. Sh- is Shake Shack a, an East Coast thing exclusively, um, or is there just not a Shake Shack? Mostly, it's New York originally. Okay. It's pretty mm, good. Okay, I have <laughs> never been to Shake Shack. I have to say, yeah. Um, but I mean, they're you know they're not that expensive, but they're expensive enough. Yeah, but like, I mean, you why, know, in this economy, it's, it's like fancy fast food. It's like a Burgerville. Yeah, yeah, Fuck. pretty much. Yeah. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, anyway, back no, it's to okay. I have a Trader Joe. I have a Trader Joe's Spanico, but in the oven, which I'm saying out loud so that I don't forget about it. Okay. Yeah, pretty important. It takes a long time to bake those things. So this is true. Anyway, that being said, um, th- I'm just gonna Let's kick this off by saying um, I'm not even gonna fucking try to do a what we sneep. It's been a while. <laughs> um, my hypothet my my probable ADHD has been really bad. Um, <laughs> and like the only two things I can remember off the dome watching are a double feature of Halloween Town and the Scooby Doo live action with the zombies. Huh? The the first one? Not zombies. The the one the one where they're on like the island and people oh, are getting possessed one, yeah. by I don't actually know yeah, what because I think one. I was high. The and I one really with the attention. greatest ska album that like accidentally ska album known to man. <laughs> Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, anyway, all I... Gone, reggae. Not the second one that isn't as good. That was very yeah. funny. I, I do... Oh, and a bunch of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, 
I've watched. I was gonna say you'll remember a couple of movies I will. that you watched. I mean, with when me Maddie, yes, moment. when Maddie does their what we sneep, I will jump in for the the double feature that we watched. But um, yeah, yeah, I guess also uh, my roommate and I are almost done with our of the first season of our rewatch of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, and hell yeah. I'm getting justly dragged for the extent to which I imprinted my whole fucking personality and gender on Giles. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of this idea. Uh, and also how much I absolutely categorically want to fuck Anthony Stewart head. Uh, it's it, a problem. It, it's, I mean, don't we he's, all? It's, it's ludicrous. So, thinking, he's hot. Thinking so fondly of the time when I was on BuzzFeed, like fucking around on BuzzFeed, and I took two separate Buffy the Vampire Slayer quizzes, which was, one which was... Which Buffy the Vampire Slayer character are you? And the other one was which Buffy the Vampire Slayer sh- could you date or something? Yeah. And I got Giles on both of yeah, them. Yeah, you're you're Giles coded Giles girl. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Or I'm not ashamed of it. Um, no, just, it's just being called out like that by a BuzzFeed quiz is usually pretty oh, embarrassing. Know. Has has but, anybody yeah. else on this call seen the videos of Anthony Stewart head as Frankenfurter in Rocky Horror? Um. No. Go Google that. Okay. The man looks <laughs> fuck this podcast. Good. Hold on. Yeah. Anyway, so put Maddie... this put this shit on. Po- I, you no, you two no. listeners, please pause this podcast and go look at Anthony Stewart head wearing fishnets. You will be glad oh, you did. Come back. <laughs> we'll be here. Oh dear. Okay. Oh dear. Well, okay now. Maybe maybe I should have done that before we started recording. More this after. Is, More yeah. after. So much. Helena, drop that drop that video in the chat so I can watch it later. His garters are microphones. <laughs> Pardon me? Wow. Wait, hold on, sorry. I have to share this. <laughs> anyway, sorry to just like immediately get on here and fucking derail the shit out of my the podcast that I requested the subject for. Well, the, this is on topic. You know, because Rocky to Horror time. is a 70s musical. Um That is true. Yeah, Rocky so it's Horror on topic. is indeed a 70s musical. Just gonna put this. Oh my god! I know, right? right? Hello, I know, like, right? See the little things holding his tight. Yeah, I see what you're talking about. He looks now. so yeah. good. It's 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 really important to me. Hi, yeah, those boots. Hello, hello. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Anywho, anyway, I love um, him. What? Huh? What? Yeah. <laughs> I am love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Helena, please e- episode the podcast. <laughs> hmm? huh? Um, no. <laughs> No, I'm gonna get in trouble Fair. That's for that. No, I respect um, that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Um, okay, I have seen a few things. Uh, I watched Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 1978 one, at a party movie. I love that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, so it's good. real. It was really good. Because um, as you know, because I was at a party downstairs, like in the basement, where all good parties hang out. Yes. Uh, and I was like half paying attention to the conversations around me, and mostly paying attention to the movie. So that's how you know it's a good I'm movie. I'm just saying um, that the marriage of sci-fi and the 70s paranoia thriller. Exquisite. Yeah, it's pretty tasty. Um, I rewatched uh, the Silent Hill, first Silent Hill movie from 2006, which is a whole other kettle of fish. Um, uh, rewatched Jennifer's Body and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World as a double feature, which Leigh and I determined the double feature <laughs> theme there is like <laughs> the aughts, like being a teenager in the aughts. Uh, which was really specific, and I think actually weirdly kind of worked. Um, uh, rewatched Over the Garden Wall for Halloween. Uh, watched Cabaret, as mentioned, for the first time. Uh, Z and I, with a friend of the show, Ben, 
did a double feature of Prince of Darkness and Phantom of the Paradise, and the theme there was we watched Prince of Darkness and needed something to chill out with. That <laughs> is the scariest movie that I have ever successfully sat through in my entire life. I know. Like, I have now seen the whole it's unofficial so, know, really cosmic horror <laughs> trilogy, which is the thing, Prince of Darkness in the Mouth of Madness. This movie is way scarier than the thing. Like, the thing is pretty scary. Like, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, yeah. scary, yeah. but this movie is way fucking scarier than the thing. I do not yeah. understand how more people don't talk about it. I had literally never heard of this movie until I started going down, like, a John Carpenter rabbit hole. It whips! It's, it's so really good. good. It's so There's this good. one... Okay, um... If you haven't seen Prince of Darkness, like, literally, genuinely, stop listening watch now. But One, watch it. Two, stop listening now, because I'm going to vaguely reference a spoiler that you really, 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 really don't want to get spoiled for. The suit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, he's when he's the guy outside of the parking yep. lot, and he's, like, talking to all of them through the window, yeah. and then... Yeah. I'm just going to directly say it. he collapses into bugs. Yeah, his like the head the, the hands suit, fall like, out falls and then apart. the head falls off and yeah. then it collapses because it's been full of yeah. bugs the whole Yeah. <gasps> Incredible <gasps> effect. Yeah. So, so good. I was always really freaked out by the all the, the night the shared nightmare that they all have. Like Also extremely so, scary. So very, good. Very and you get to the end and it's the nightmare has changed. Yeah. 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 And now it's her. Yep. And it's like 10 years later yep. or whatever. Um, there's also the part where it's, I think I mentioned this to, to you, Helena, but mm-hmm. like the the double, I love a double dream. Where God, somebody's having a dream, wakes up like, thank God that dream is yeah. over. And it's revealed to be another horrible dream. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was one of the like big jump scares for me. I, I found it scary, right? But I think my fear, my th- fear threshold is like, much higher than I thought it was, because both you and Ben were, like, pretty freaked out. And Ben is pretty good with horror, but I was like, oh, this is, like, entertaining, but I'm not, like, scared yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, but it's either, but that jump scare really that got That got me. all I, like, of us. I it was so funny. I jumped out of my funny. fucking seat with her in the bed. Oh, my and God. And then we were like, so pardon good. us. And then we were like, stop, we have to go build some Legos and watch a deliciously, deliciously unhinged movie. movie. Yeah, uh, Phantom of the Paradise is every movie at once. Yeah. All at the same time. Uh, it's very fun. It's a movie that my dad recommended to me one of the last times I went to go see him, which I think is very funny. He was like, have you seen Phantom of the Paradise? And I was like, Papa, I have no I have no clue what you're talking about. And he was like, you have to see this movie. It's insane. I had yeah. never uh, heard of it until Ben yes. oh, yeah. and you and Ben started talking about it. I've been to watch it for a long time, but I haven't gotten Hell, it. It's really I will it. I absolutely really rewatch it with you. Yeah. It was glorious. Yeah. I think it's worth a shot. I think it's I think it's very fun. It's very like weird and interesting and I think executes a lot of stuff pretty well, yeah. but you're still at the end like all right then. You're like uh, yeah, you're like well, <laughs> you know, that movie never for one second pretended to be anything other than what it was. <laughs> mhm. It's the Brian mm-hmm. De Palma flick. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And he went on to go make a lot of like cultural touchstones but he did make phantom of the paradise first or second i guess that was his second ever movie which i love that he was like you know i'm just gonna get this one out of the way and then we're gonna move on (laughs) uh make mission impossible or whatever um and uh and then i uh i watched fiddler as i said earlier today which like was really good and made me cry a bunch um yeah dog I'm still behind on Andor. I think I'm just going to wait for the season to be over and then catch up. 
um, so I could get it all done at once. I know, I'm sorry. I have to start. I mean, I have to start over because C above re, I can't fucking concentrate on anything. So, you know. I just yeah. need somebody to scream. But we're pretty close to the end, I think. So. so Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. there's one more episode after today's episode. Oh, yeah, so next week will be the final, and next hey. week I'll sit down and just barrel through hey. it, probably. Nice. Uh, I have to be up pretty early for an appointment, so I'll get home at, like, 10 and then i'll just be like great here's what i'm doing today <laughs> i don't want to like um, i don't want to like spoil too much but to to, sure. to sweeten the pot a little bit um sure as some of you who are maybe caught up on andor know and I, maddie already knows this um andy circus is mm-hmm. in andor fucking I can't wait killing it he's killing it um i don't not know shocking at all yeah i mean he's great and it's just i just love yeah. when andy circus i have a vague idea point. of what his role is too which i think is like i'm fascinated to see yeah. how he pulls that and it's always um, great to see anton yeah. lesser even though he's not really doing mm-hmm. anything except being um like a british imperial officer i just I know that, but i love like, lesser's also employed i love seeing him but he's good he's good at it yeah yeah um i just i just see anton lesser and it just improves my mood i literally yeah yeah, i had an like a reaction that some people would have had to like seeing harry styles in this on the street when i was watching the door at home and like i heard his voice and i was like ah like I did that. I did that when I realized that F. Murray Abram was the voice of the bird-headed <laughs> god dude in fucking um uh Moon Knight. Yeah, I was like, that's F. Murray Abram, <laughs> who I, I love very much. I love old Ben. I love old Ben. Have you guys? Wait, Maddie, have you ever watched Amadeus? No. Okay, one of these oh. days we have got to all sit down and watch Amadeus and the okay. do a podcast episode on it because Please. Amadeus like yes. rewired my brain a little bit. Amadeus okay. fucks. It does. <laughs> it does. It one. Do- no, it absolutely <laughs> does fuck. It does. It's, it's just. A I've great seen random play. like clips of it. Um. So you should just like any everybody should just like read it if you can read plays. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know it's sometimes some people find it a harder. Um, so it's it's just great and see any version. There's a national theater. Yes, did a version. There is a national theater live that I think is available. Like I, because you can rent national theater live stuff now. You can. They made it available. That's I cool. saw it when they made a bunch of their stuff available to stream. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Thank great. fucking god. I know, right? I can finally. Um, I was tired of money. having to go to that place in town to watch any because it was always like, what did they want to show? And yeah. also, I have beef with. I have like personal beef yeah. with them. Uh, so that's what I've seen. Okay. Um, Helena, what you got? What have I seen? Um, TV wise, I've uh, been watching more soup. I've been. I'm already. I'm so sad. I'm already on season four of Black Sails in my rewatch, which means it's going to be over soon. But like, yeah. Because uh, I have to start all over again. Um, I'm all cut up on Andor. Um, I literally, as of like 20 minutes ago, was just finishing watching the um, like, and then there were none adaptation. Which I, I need started to multiple that, times, I... but never finished. Oh, yeah. really? I, Z and I watched that many years ago. Yeah, like right it when it came, came out, out, I think. And I yeah. haven't seen it since then. I got my ex-roommate to watch it because he likes murder mysteries. And both of us were just sitting there like, wow, we are such homosexuals every single time Aiden Turner was on it's screen. It's so bad. Because like, so I know what happens, right? So that's that's like, that's part of the, I read the book. But that was really fun because the first time I had seen it, I had no idea. I had yeah. I had no clue what the plot of that was, which was very, very fun. Clear. And I don't remember. I mean, so. when I was reading the book, 
too. I was like, I mean, I'm not really the kind of person who's able to think ahead of of mysteries or outside. Yeah, me neither. Especially when they're like really well written. But I was like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> and then yeah, I'm yeah. the kind of person who tries to figure out the mystery as it happens. But it depends with any of the like. I have different issues with Agatha Christie, obviously, well, but she's right. pretty good at like. She, that's the problem tricking right me into she's not getting the mystery poli- like politically she's a like really terrible <laughs> terrible oh excrutable she's an English woman from the 1930s um she's yeah, like yeah. the the caricature i just read the mousetrap the play the mousetrap yesterday and the um also had no idea what was gonna happen and i was like oh that's the ending okay <laughs> um the, the sort of character type that she puts in a lot of her stories of the really fussy old spinster with, like, really backwards opinions on a lot of things. I'm like, that's just you, though, <laughs> sometimes. When yeah, you're yeah that's, love, that's, love your self-insert, Agatha. Look at a mirror, girl. Um, yeah, so there's that, yeah, but then she's just, like, so, she's so good at crafting a mystery is the thing about it. Anyway. It's frustrating. Yeah, but neither here nor there. Burn Gorman, Toby Stevens, Aiden, and Aiden Turner, and Sam Neill in I forgot. this version. Yeah, yeah. No, I forgot that they were all in it. I just remember Aiden Turner because I'm Plus, gay. Plus, of course, but, like, Charles ev- Dance and, um, yeah. Yeah. and Miranda, wow. Miranda Richardson. But, like, yeah. for gay reasons, Toby Stevens, yeah. Burn Gorman, <laughs> I remember that Burgorn was in it, but I forgot that Toby Stevens was in it. Toby Stevens is so f- it, it's so great to watch him in this after like um, shoveling all of black sails into my mouth for the past few months because yeah. I'm like, yeah. I mean, he's he's <laughs> he's so obnoxious and so awful in this show, but because in this and and then there were none, but because I've seen him doing a lot of similar stuff in black sales for different reasons like he's he we've talked about this before i don't want to get too into the weeds about it but one of the things that's great to watch him do in black sales is that he is he is constantly playing uh a complete a completely different person than who he is he is constantly putting up a performance and he is holding so much back he's constantly holding so much so to see him try and do that and then let go a little bit because he's going hysterical in this in this show and he like the whole joke being that he's a doctor who treats women's hysteria heavy air quotes but then he's like the first one to like freak out and go hysterical lose his shit so beautiful when toby stevens voice cracks and i love it when he does that um and yet and yet i'm gay for him and what can i say i Mm. you know he's there um yeah i remember it being a show full of terrible people oh yeah yeah i love yeah i love a show full of people that suck <laughs> you don't want Same. any of them yeah Aiden turner's playing a kind of like philip the bastard oh, but he's so hot oh my god King he's John. so hot. he just stands around he's like yeah i'm the worst person i'll admit i'll fully admit that yeah I killed, he's like, like i know people. i'm the worst but per- i know i'm the worst person in the room but, but look how I look how it. exquisitely i lounge yeah and look at my <laughs> tiny waist and the way and my I, irish ass it's unreal everyone's always like making fun of him for being irish and he's like i'm just owning it over here baby he's he's you know so what? skinny it's like kind of creepy actually i love him <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, i am obsessed it is true he's pretty great anyway um anyway anyway i watched that 
Which reminds me, I have a hard out so at least like 24 minutes before 12 so I can finish watching this episode. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm always watching Star Trek, so that's just a, you know, a thing. Movies wise, yeah. I... Oh my god, I started picking, I started watching TNG again. Sorry, I forgot to yes! mention that, but it is very important. That's right. That's right. Um, my I'm best so friend TNG. I, I love her. I am thrilled. And always, always blog about, or always put something in the Discord about TNG, yeah. because you know I will hit that yeah. shit up. Um, yeah. The most recent episode I watched was the one where uh, Data and Jordy are doing Holmes and Watson, and like, <laughs> so tasty. Yep, yep, yep. They're everything. They're in love. They are They're in love. love. And Picard is also in love with Data, so that's crazy. I, anyway. It's so, so, Anyways, so crazy that crazy. after all of that Star Trek, Picard was like, hey, you know what was Endgame? Picard Data. <laughs> it's so crazy yeah. that I'm in love with Data, too. I remember yeah, when yeah, they were exactly. like, all oh yeah, canonically, uh, because of like, Jordy's advisor, like, he see, like, Data literally like, glows in Jordy's vision because of yeah. the various on, and they did absolutely, anyway... I'm gonna I'll not talk about this. I'm gonna get so upset. Um, anyway, sorry for interrupting. Anyway, no, you're fine. I'm going way too long on this. Uh, the Banshees of Sharon, I saw it. It's great. <laughs> I, I'm I so happy. It. Oh, maybe I'll um, go see that this weekend. You absolutely should. Um, it. Yeah, I'm like we talked about this uh, in length out, outside of the podcast, but like obviously, In Bruges is a very important movie to me, and I feel like. Nothing's going to be quite as uh, special to me as in Bruges. And so I'm not like expecting it, expecting that. But I, I do think it's a very strong possibility. And I'll have to decide after seeing it again that this is probably his best film. Um, really? In terms wow, okay. of like, you know, how far he's come as a filmmaker. It's crazy to think about like in Bruges, just like his first movie, because like, fuck you. But like, um, he's. And, and also, I think a testament to how much how many how much people love In Bruges that he made like two very mid movies after this, after In Bruges, and people were like, no, 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 Banshees of Inisherin is going to be good though, I promise. Yeah, everyone was like, no, no, <laughs> um, you don't understand. I, I, that Martin I'm McDonough, like Martin McDonough, fucking <laughs> sees something in the world that I need more of. Yeah. Yeah, get his ass, guys. Not was... not misogyny though. I could do I could do without the level of misogyny. <laughs> and he, yeah, and he's come far on that regard too. Oh good. Um, it's feel. just that I really I thought that Three Billboards was a pretty good movie. I just never want to see it again. Like I found it deeply unpleasant. I thought it was well put together and deeply, deeply unpleasant to watch. Yes. I was, um, there were certain parts of it that I was That's really me. impressed by on a, like, on a technical level or an acting level yeah. when I saw it. Yeah. Obviously, Frances McDormand was very good in it. She always yeah. is. Also, we do not need to relitigate this. <laughs> no, also just like, it's not a good film. Um, he, That's fair. He's, he just doesn't need to be making movies about anything that is in that movie. Um, but Banshee's of Inisherin yeah. is great. Colin Farrell is great. Barry Keegan is great. Brendan Gleeson is great. Barry <gasps> Keegan is great. God, I it's... forgot Barry Keegan's in this movie. Sorry, Barry, I love Keegan, Barry Keegan is the sweet sauce. Um, he, he is. He he's he's freaks me out so bad, he's... and I love it so much. He's such an yeah. unsettling person, and I've never seen that kind of energy that he has <laughs> been used 
so exquisitely before this because there was like there's a part in the movie where I was just like he just like genuinely like moving and I was like oh <laughs> <gasps> um like he's a really yeah, I can't he's wait. A, he does stuff with this character that's just fantastic um that could be you know very very different in less skilled hands um I love him Colin Farrell's eyebrows also Colin Farrell's best performance I think of his career bar none um Fuck yeah all right uh sorry for like hyping this up but i love i really like that movie i also saw death in the nile finally <laughs> yeah i was gonna actually watch it before we recorded i can't forget it because i um. don't really want to watch it <laughs> <laughs> you know Ooh, i'll i'll um, shut up it's fine we've we've talked about this i feel like once gal gadot is murdered spoilers yeah, it's a much better um, movie it's a much better movie. So it's really funny, funny how exponentially she's better very it gets bad. When she's not on screen. She's so bad. It's not even like, oh, I hate you as a person. It's like, oh, you no, you like were bad at your line job. That she has in this movie. I was like, why deliver? You were it bad like at your job. That? I don't. I don't understand. How, you know what? I don't need to know. But also, like, ugh. I'm not no, going to question you. it. I still understand why she like keeps getting hired for stuff like i'm like ken why hire her yeah. i mean yeah she's a she gets she's a big splashy movie star at the moment she for some reason because she was in wonder because she was in wonder woman uh and she's tall and i, I think. think like and i think ken brand likes you know making movies where he can cast big splashy movie stars alongside yeah. british character actors and do his sort of thing with it. it's kind of what he's always yeah. done right sure. I, I, yeah. I like that sure. to a to a point um, but like, oh my god, the casting director for this movie. Oh my god, Mia Culpa. Can it what cost? Um, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Culpa. I'm so sorry for your your loss. I mean, that and the Army Hammer thing and the Russell Brand thing and the I so yeah, so many things. It, that that oof duh. It, it's just like, wow. Um. Anyway, yeah. I I mean, it was like not that. It was not as bad as I was expecting it to be. Really, truly. Um. And I'm just obsessed. It's just with not Kenneth as good Rana's. as the last one. Just not as good as the last one, and I and I am I am obsessed with Kenneth Branagh's determination to give himself a boy best friend and everything that he this does. This is this is like it's I'm so gonna funny. do a whole episode. Look, we're gonna do a whole episode on this someday. <laughs> a mini episode on Kenneth and Branagh's it's it's boy just besties. it's just gonna be yeah, it's just gonna be <laughs> Ken Branagh and like his like my character needs to have like a a fucking like in charged relationship with a slightly younger man <laughs> who's just around give me arthur hastings yeah. give me arthur hastings stop fucking around and give him to me <laughs> i will shut up now let's talk about um, movie musicals <laughs> all right hey, wait hold on let hell finish no, let, you gotta, I let you gotta get finish. through this man barely it um uh, i need to be magic, stopped i watched practical magic um I watched Hellraiser, <laughs> um, Love Andrew Robinson, very good. Um, I watched both of the Conjuring movies on Halloween, that was uh, freaky. Um, I watched Cabaret, obviously, we'll talk about that. Uh, I rewatched Carrie with Leia, that was very fun. Um, I think that was I Leia's first time, that. but um, yes. rewatching it. Um, you know, very, very good time. Also Brian De Palma, <laughs> thanks man. Uh, I watched Benediction, which I want to spotlight really quickly because um, I think that's a movie that people should see that came out this year. Another thing where Anton Lesser showed up and I was like, hey, um, keep Anton Lesser employed. Also, Peter Capaldi, obviously. Um, this is the the new Terrence Davies film about Sigrid oh. Sassoon. It's 
really fuck, I need to good. see that. You do. It's, yeah, I think you will enjoy it. Um, it's very, very heartbreaking and very, very good. Um, I saw Barbarian. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, stuff happened in that one. Um, I rewatched This Is The End, which was on Netflix, so I put it on when I was making dinner. Like, I'm only gonna watch, like, 20 minutes of this, and I was like, oh, wait, fuck, I forgot that I really enjoyed this movie, even though it's really stupid. And so I watched the whole thing. Um, sorry. And then I, re- I watched Predator for the first time last night, um, because I've been reading this book called Predator, a, a memoir movie and obsession by Ander Monson, um... Which is, he's seen Predator, by his count, 146 times. And he uses that as a way- Me with kiss, kiss, bang, bang, I get it. Yeah, yeah, no, for real. Uh, We've all been there. Um, And he uses Predator as, like, a way to talk about, like, and, like, his relationship with Predator to talk about, like, masculinity and his own masculinity, but um, the problem of it in America and, like, gun control and our obsession with, like- death and murder and it's like it's so i finished it this morning it's so good but like i hadn't seen predator before i started it so i read most of the book before watching it and it it i'm sure i would have enjoyed it even if i hadn't read it but it massively enhanced the viewing of it i was like oh this is the part that he was talking about oh fascinating (laughs) i should Um, read that book yeah me too it's because i want to watch predator that's one of those like it's a cultural touchstone for the u.s and it's like i'll get around to seeing that someday but i'm like oh i should read that book first yeah it sounds interesting it's very good sick i recommend it and that's what i've seen okay let's let's move on all right let's do it let's do it to it okay i don't have a whole lot of notes for this episode but all right let's um, go balls to the wall then. yeah let's just go we've got the wikipedia page uh for movie musicals of the 1970s uh open and um it's a weird we talk... spread mm-hmm. sorry go ahead um no i was gonna say can we talk first about like specifically or like i want to talk about cabaret and fiddler yeah and like the because you brought up oh. like an interesting this yeah. was weeks ago an interesting idea, which I kind of went into both of these movies with, having never seen them. Um, and I, I don't know. I think that there's something there that I kind of want to pick at a little bit, though obviously my perspective is not going to be quite the same for Fiddler well, specifically. Well, yeah, that's that's um, fair. Um, oh, yeah, it was... I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm going to paraphrase myself badly, but I was thinking about how the thing about both the world of Cabaret and the world of Fiddler on the Roof is that by the time those pieces of media were made, like the musicals were written. And then especially by the time the movies came out, those are, those are places that so much only exist in the imagination. Those are, those are places that in a very real way are, are so rendered inaccessible by the history that happened afterward because this is something i think about on a semi-regular basis whenever people are like oh you know like i want to go i like know what town my family is from in ireland or i want to go to you know i i want i want to go back to where my family is from and every time i think that i the thing is is that there's nothing to go back to i could go to the patch of ground if i could find it but the world there does not there's no continuity the continuity exists only in the imagination 
Um, and something about the world of the musical, which requires so much imaginative buy-in from the audience, because you have to just accept that people break into song. It's just an, in, there's an interesting marriage there. Even though Cabaret tries to kind of, because the, the thing about the movie of Cabaret versus the musical, like the stage musical of Cabaret, is that Very the different. only, all of the musical numbers in the film Cabaret take place inside the Kit Kat Club. That is this, that is the imaginative space within the imaginative space of the musical. I don't, I feel like I should have looked up what the logic there was. I really don't know. Um, I can try to poke around and see if I can find any thoughts from the people who made it. And I remember being really... I mean, I could hazard a guess. Yeah, I, I have a few guesses. I remember being really annoyed about that the first time I saw the movie because I felt like it was sort of like a cheap, like a, like a cop-out in a way. But I really don't think it is. I really think it's like... Fiddler plays that a lot more straight with with the fact that this is... And even, and then even you have the, the, it's all layers. It's all layers of imaginative landscapes because Fiddler on the Roof is based on Shola Melechem's Tevye the Dairyman stories, which are in and of themselves an imaginary version of the shtetl. They are not real. And they weren't really, Shola Melechem has a, like, I do not need to go down the rabbit hole of like literature and uh, Jewish nationalism um, in the Haskalah, like the Jewish Enlightenment, I, I do not need to go down that road. But there's this, this is, none of this is real. None of this has ever, it's not about anything that was actually ever real. It's about how we imagine that. It's an imagined past that is truer than the real past because the real past is utterly and comprehensively inaccessible to us. Yeah, anyway. Um, I have been thinking about this a lot, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, I mean, understandably yeah. so, because, one, we were knowing we were going to talk yeah, that's about it for, like, a month. But also, like, what was the end of that sentence going to be? I don't know. It is gone. Um, but. Yeah. There's a, I mean, they're both very elegiac films. Like, they, they're both. The, the, everybody in the worlds of both of those knows that it's, you know, one minute to midnight on the doomsday clock. Everybody knows that. Well, or, well, maybe they don't. They don't, but they do. Yeah, the I would argue that part does. of the point. Ugh, anyway. I, I would argue the point here is that we, the audience, know it is one minute to midnight. Yeah. We, the audience, are watching. I, I said this in our group Discord, that the uh, bar scene... When, when Tevia agrees to uh, marry his daughter, um, he's in the bar with all the, his community and also all of the, like, East, Eastern Orthodox yeah. Russians. Um, and they have this really, really technically well-executed dance where it is the combination of their two cultural forms of dance together. And I was sitting there thinking, like, God, this is such an incredible dance scene. This is really hard to do this kind of stuff. This is really well done. I know what's going to happen yeah. next. Yeah. 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 And they don't. It is like, it weirdly, it is like a form of horror, right? Similar to when you're watching a horror movie and you're watching the teens dick around yeah. or whatever, and you're thinking like, part of the reason this is so terrible is because I know what's going to happen next. Yeah. I know when I know the, the joy, the relaxation, the, like, the celebration 
comes to an end. I'm watching the wedding scene, and I know the army's coming. I am watching Cabaret, and they're talking about the Nazis are not that big a deal. Yeah. And I know about World War Two. Yeah. There is a... So there it's, is it's... that... Sorry. There, sorry. Um, no, go no, ahead. There is that threat there, I think, in Fiddler, especially with the with the Russians, um, with the programs, like... There's that... Who is he? That that general that he keeps running into that he has that... They have that kind of, like, friendly relationship with who earlier on yeah. is like, oh, it's not going to be too the bad. Constable. No, we're, we're not going to... We're not yeah. going to murder anybody. It's not a pogrom. It's, it's like, a... It's a <laughs> unofficial demonstration. Right. Um... They just so there's that there's that danger to which I think makes the scene the, with the dancing scene with with the two of them in the bar really interesting because it's like kind of dangerous when it begins yeah. but then it becomes yeah. something and then you're like oh and then still later on it happens anyway right after that he runs into the constable and the yeah. constable is like hey They're congratulations because... to your daughter yeah by the way we're gonna have an official demonstration yeah um, and after that uh tevia turns to talk i love the parts where he like talks directly to god yeah, yeah. that's like his way Great. of processing and he turns and he's like he says this thing about like i know we're your choice and people but do you always have to choose us yeah fuck yeah yeah there's a lot of <laughs> sorry there's it's a very <sighs> there's yeah. such a specific sense of humor to fiddler that i feel like is like because i saw it i've seen the movie a bajillion times like since it was long enough ago that it was on two vhs tapes because it's too so fucking long it's like titanic and fiddler on the roof two vhs tapes because the full ass yeah, three hours yeah, it's a whole ass three <laughs> hours um yeah no you're fucking you just sit the fuck down motherfucker we're going to that movie has an intermission. Yeah, it's that movie has a, f- a full intermission. I'm Back just saying, when musicals you, were men. <laughs> it's not that I'm opposed <laughs> to the concept of three hour movies. It's that if you want me to Absolutely sit through a three not. hour movie, you better give me an intermission so I can go to the fucking bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I hate to bring um, yes, go nuts. wrecked into this um, because I don't really want to, <laughs> <laughs> but. In just examining into like why why all of the musical numbers in the, the film adaptation of Cabaret take place in the Kit Kat Club, um, because we know that's yeah. not the way that it is in the musical. Yeah. And Bob Fosse, when he made the movie, was like, "I want to make it as different." He's like, I, "He wanted as little in common with the actual stage version. The only thing that he wanted from the musical was the songs." He even was like, "I don't want Joel Gray." And the producers were like, "You need to keep Joel Gray." Sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, right, a really Bob. funny story. I know you're a side, genius, but all right. Was like they they clashed a lot, obviously, because Bob Fosse, you know, genius, but he was an asshole. Um, was like he wanted Joel Gray to do a backflip, and it was like the first day or something. And Joel Gray was like, "I'm not going to do a back. I can't do a backflip." And Bob Fosse was like, "It's easy." And he like tried to do a backflip, and then he like fucking ended up in the hospital. <laughs> so he was like, "Okay, so you're not. I guess I'm not doing that's a Fosse, yeah." Anyway, um, I feel like that's kind of, even though it's not directly or purposefully Brechtian, I feel like there's a very big difference from the, the attitude or the style of the Fiddler adaptation and the style of the Cabaret oh, yeah. adaptation, which right, there's much. that purpose totally. of like distancing a little bit, reminding it that it's a performance, um, yeah. where Fiddler on the Roof is very, it's very emotional and, and designed to be emotional. Oh yeah, and not, it's, and not it's very... A, 
It's a musical in the sense of like we my my stepmom does not like musicals. My dad and I are obviously theater people. The way we she's like I don't understand why they sing. You know what people always say when they talk about musicals. I don't yeah. understand why they sing. And my dad and I's explanation is because they they they, they feel to. so strongly. They feel so much. There's nothing else to do but sing about it. Yeah, and that is what Fiddler is. Yeah, is yeah. There's oh nothing God, else to do but sing about it. I feel that so much. I what I really love in Fiddler. There's something that I that I thought about when I watched it this time through, which was the first time for me watching it since I was a kid too. That that the dust, there was something about like the dust that was in two parts, but both in If I Were a Rich Man, where Tevya is dancing on the rafters, and then the dust is like falling beneath him as he's dancing, and then later on in the wedding when they're doing the um the uh the the was it, was it what is it called the dance that they do at at the wedding. The really complicated when like the, people are on chairs. Oh yeah, no, I don't know. There's with the no. balls. Oh no, with a glass bottle. The glass oh yeah, glass bottles. And they were doing that Sorry. too, and they're and they're doing it, and they're kicking up the dust as they were doing it. I mean, there's something like very rooted in like the place, and like the, I mean, it felt. I really felt in the in that performance, in in all of the performances, like the. <sighs> emotional connection to what they were singing like you really that that thing of like why are they singing they have to i i mean it's it seems like such a really easy like observation to make about a musical but i really felt the reasons why they had to sing and for tevya especially the very like spiritual reasons why he had to sing um and, and if i were a rich man and like that's very very different from what they're doing in cabaret. <laughs> that Obviously. is very true. Yeah. Um, I mean, or like in cabaret. Sorry, Z. Oh, I, I was going to say, I mean, the thing about everybody in cabaret is always performing for one another. Like even right. when they're not performing, everybody's yes. always trying to be something they're not. Whether because yeah. that's what they want to be or whether that's because they think that's what someone else wants them to be. And the tragedy in a way, I mean, that's their tragedy. And then on the flip side, the tragedy of fiddlers that, none of these people are allowed to be anything other than what they are. Yeah. You, you can't even the, even the young, even the daughters who don't, who are like, no, I'm going to go be something else. Cause you just, you know that they're never going to, no one is ever going to stop seeing them as what they are. Like it's a, it's this thing that you can't escape and like, you can, you can deal with that however you want, but there is that inescapability Anyway, catch me get just diaspora or. blues, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it also struck me that the they also like lose something in the process too. Yeah, especially the middle the middleest daughter, yeah. um, who like marries a uh, a Christian Russian. Yeah, and like in the process loses like everything. Yeah. That's the, that's the, we're going to, we're going to behave as if you're dead. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, mandatory endogamy is a bitch, frankly, like, you know, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. Go watch Filler on the Roof and cry about it. Um, oh my God. I keep, oh God, I keep so saying, good. this is my, this is my, I'm manif- I don't really believe in manifesting, but I'm manifesting. I want Tony Kushner and Steven Spielberg to do for West Side, for, <laughs> to do for Fiddler what they did for West Side Story. Um, so that I can literally perish in a movie theater. 
Because how else would I want to go out? Yeah, that's the trade-off. Is I'll literally physically die. That will be the life. end of my life. But yeah, but yeah. what a what an end. <laughs> but what a way to die. Yeah, yeah. Mm. West Side Story did really well. Who knows? It, it did. did. Like, and he's like writing all of his screenplays now, right? Yeah, basically. He has, like, I think so. Yeah, it really seems like it. I think so. West Side Story. Yeah, he did the Fablemans. Yep. They he like managed yep. to convince David Lynch to do the Fablemans by like offering him like what nachos and Doritos or something. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> David Lynch has a cameo in the Fablemans, apparently, and he didn't want to do it. And Very like, funny. They're like, I will give you, like, one corn chip, literally. I mean, that's, like, basically what they did. Sell you to Satan um, for one corn chip? Oh, I my God. Yeah. Know. Anyway. <laughs> Hollywood's insane, but sometimes it's fun insane. But sometimes it's good. Um, yeah. Hmm. I'm I'm exp- expanding the view a little bit because this is not actually sure. the double feature of Cabaret and Fiddler no. on the Roof episode. No. Um, also, that sounds like a really bad idea. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, um, do you want to feel every single human emotion in the span of five hours? Boy, do we have a double feature yeah, for you. Um, I also just want to mention really quick that I have watched the money... The, the musical number Money from Cabaret, um, like, five times a day in the past, like, since I watched Cabaret for the first time, because Fair. I'm obsessed with them. Fair. Um, it, he, Bob Fosse is an asshole again, but, like, my god, could he choreograph a fucking number? Um, yeah, I forgot that it was god, a Bob Fosse until... It. Uh, I watched the like very opening and it's I was looking at the dance numbers and I was like, now hold on. And then it said like directed by Bob Fosse. And I was like, yeah, you bet your ass it was. <laughs> hold on. I know what's happening here. Um, oh, so Bob Fosse, you motherfucker. Um, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah um, uh, bra- fucking <laughs> speaking, bo- of, bo- speaking of all that jazz. Book, I was going to say, yeah, bookending, bookending the decade with uh, 1979's All That Jazz. Um, Jesus, I, I love that movie that so much. So good. Yeah. One of my all-time so favorites. So good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got some other, like, I think that's the... I'm looking at this list and I'm seeing there's, like... We've got Grease. We've got The Wiz in here. I love The Wiz. Wiz. Uh, the Wiz? The Wiz is a... Se- I always forget that. 78. Fuck me. All right. And uh, Yeah, so same year as... Insane. The same year as Grease and, uh... Lily Hearts Club Band, and, um... I forgot they made a movie of that. That's about it. They did. Uh, um, I think... Uh, and then 79 like has you... all that jazz and hair and the Muppet movie. Muppet the movie? Muppet is important. I feel like you Very get... Important. You've got, like, two basic schools of movie musical here. One of them is we're going for like your average like this is a movie set in a place kind of like not realism exactly but the design of the movie is these are people who live in a place in time and then you've got whatever the fuck the phantom of the paradise is doing (laughs) um same but also jesus christ superstar is like that whereas 1776 and fiddler are very much like period pieces um Godspell is a weird fucked up hybrid. I don't know what they're doing in Godspell. I just get prepare you the way of the Lord stuck in my head like roughly once a month and then I have to go watch Victor Garber and his most like angelic looking um and just be Bella. like I don't even <laughs> like Godspell that much. I think it's kind no, of No, not do I. But Victor Garber. Yeah. But Victor Garber. Yeah. Voice of we an angel. We are all in agreement, I think. Yeah, anyway. Um 
now I yeah, have there's like the way of the Lord stuck in my head. I did this one to myself. <laughs> yeah, there's there's like um, I would if if you'll allow, there's like telling the tale of like people in a place, like a moment in time, um, and then there's like telling a capital S story. Is maybe the difference there? If I was to use an anime term, I would use slice of life. No, that's very uh, well. You can't really have. You can't really do, like, a concept version of 1776. You can't really set that anywhere. I mean, by that I mean the, in the sense of, like, when people do, like, concept Shakespeare where it's like, let's set it in... You set it in the 70s. Yeah, let's or... let's let's make a... De- like, like, let's make yet another dipshit decision to set Romeo and Juliet in a context with a, a clear power dynamic, because um, we're yeah. dumb. Um, yeah, let's I know, do every a fucking steampunk time, but... Shakespeare, because that's yeah, what we've done in the past let's, 10 Let's years. do... You can't... I mean, 1776 is, like, has to be done ha- at this it, time. It, it, at it's, this it's, although, may I say, Steampunk 1776. Yeah. How great would that be now? Look, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I would go for Steampunk 1776. Um, that's but like you're, it's it's tied to a particular historical moment. Yes, Fiddler. You can't take Fiddler out of the shtetl. Yeah, it has to be at that time, at that place. Like. G- Unless you want to do, like, a framing device style thing, which those are deeply, deeply, deeply hit or miss. Um, Similar with hair, I would say, is so much about hair is specifically, like, takes place in that period of time. Yeah. And and whereas something... You could do a version of the Muppet movie. I'm sorry, I keep talking over you, but now I'm thinking about this. No, go ahead. No, go nuts. I really want to hear what you're going to say now. You could do a version of the Muppet movie set in a different time or a different place. You, you could. That yes. is true. I mean, yes, because they do that all the time. The Muppet um, movie, Muppets are eternal. Um, Muppets are eternal. Yeah. Yeah. A movie that I haven't seen but really want to is New York, New York, which is that yeah. uh, Martin Scorsese musical with Robert De Niro and Liza Minnelli. I always forget um, that that exists. I know. I really want to see it. It's like one of those ones where like, it's people are like, oh, it's not one of his good ones. And then every literally everybody whose opinion I trust who's seen it is like, this movie fucking slaps me to watch this movie. And also her version of New York, New York is the best. Like, get wrecked. Um, Hands down. Um, where's that? Up. What's that Twitter that's just Liza Minnelli has outlived blank? Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. She's outlived everyone's opinions about New York, New York. It's very true. I, what can I, I simply have strong opinions about Liza Minnelli. Um, we've talked a little bit about Rocky Horror last somewhere in the last episodes because I watched it um, mm, but I mean obviously yeah. cultural touchstone Rocky Horror um, um, hey man I think that's interesting that like out of I'm looking at this whole list and in a strange way Rocky Horror is the one with the most staying power Um, but I mean obviously that's because there's been a, a no, nobody else has a tradition of of you know we have to watch this movie fifty thousand times, um, so that we can go have an excuse to meet other gay people in public. Um, there isn't which... a movie theater in Portland that's been playing cabaret every single night for the past you know forty five years or something like that fifty years. Yeah. Um. 
No, that is true. Audience, audience participation cabaret. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm 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 you know I said it I don't want it to happen but I had to say yeah, it out loud yeah you can see both Helen and I go through a phase of like uh uh yeah no I'm not saying you should <laughs> I'm just saying the thought came Phantom of mind. the Paradise though I want to do the Rocky Horror treatment to Phantom of the Paradise so bad um man bring back like Nobody does costumes like that anymore. Like Phantom of the Paradise. I'm thinking of Phantom of the Paradise and Jesus Christ Superstar more than anything else. Totally. Like no, I haven't actually seen the film version of Jesus Christ Superstar. I haven't ever I. seen it all the way through. I've seen some bits. It's weird. And yeah. I like it like that. It's very like... <sighs> There's a... I'm struggling to come up with the appropriate movement and visual art um, to, to communicate the way that these costumes are often, like, realism is not the point. They're not, it's not abstract. Because it's kind of like the Impressionists and then you get, like, the Expressionists. It's kind of like they're, they're like, Expressionist costuming. If that makes sense, you got, like, weird color blocking shit and, like... Also, mm-hmm. like, can I just, can we please bring back putting dudes in leotards? <sighs> Equal opportunity leotard shit. I don't, I don't mean like a Marvel movie. That's not what I mean. I don't want these poor bastards to have to dehydrate themselves so I can see like all of the their oblique muscles. But like sometimes. You just need, like, sparkly shit attached to a leotard to get your point across. I'm thinking Agreed. of the, what, what's the, oh, the guy, the guy whose character's name is just Beef. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's clearly supposed to be gay. Yes, that's important. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I, I cannot just figure out a way to describe this man. No, I, I literally cannot either. I You just have to go. Imagine, back. like, a gay man in a 70s musical. Okay. And that's kind of... He's, it's, he's like... But dialed up to He's 11. like, he looks like Rocky in Rocky Horror, but with, like, the personality of Frankenfurter. Interesting. A little bit. Maybe gonna... a little bit more butch than that, but only a little tiny bit more butch than that. Slightly more I'm gonna Google some photos for you. Thank you. <laughs> God bless the actor who plays Rocky in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Poor thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, honest to God, like, watching Phantom of the Paradise, I was like, the extent to which this is just like, I can't stop thinking about how clearly this must have been an influence on Rocky Horror. I can't stop thinking about how clearly this must have been an influence on Rocky Horror. Um, yeah. I, like, just do weird shit. That's the thing is, I feel like so many movie musicals these days are, like, so self-conscious about being musicals. Yeah. That it's like, no, just do weird shit. It's fine. People will are surprised. I feel like people are often much more willing to go along with your weird shit if you do it confidently than like 
People would which, love it if you did weird shit. I understand that everything is just focus grouped within an inch of its life because you've got like the GDP of a small nation riding on every single movie anybody ever makes. Um, yes, this is beef. E- exquisite. I think this is beef mid electrocution. <laughs> <laughs> the last one I said, it might be. Yeah, no, the last it one is him, him actively being electrocuted. <laughs> yeah, he's the. Um... Oh my god, what's the name of the fucking gal from uh, oh, Phantom of the Opera? Because this is like mini Oh, he's Carlotta. Carlotta. He's Carlotta. Yeah. He's the Carlotta of this That's movie. That's exquisite. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exquisite. I'm obsessed with him. I'm obsessed I'm with him. Love this actor. I don't know who he is, but I... He, the, the just, the sheer balls to the wall charisma of this man in this movie is like this 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 man has never even existed in the same zip code as Shane. It's glorious. I would say that applies to a lot of the like everyone in this movie knows what they're doing and they are going hard. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah, every single person in this movie is is like picked the weirdest thing they could think of and then dialed it up until the knob broke. <laughs> Except for the gal playing, like, the love interest. Yeah. But let's be... She's, like, barely in that she movie. She is barely in that movie. She's also, like... She's t- she's also a freak. She's just quieter about it. <laughs> True. The second she gets famous, she starts... It's great. I was... Yeah. Everyone I, in this the, movie what I was is going a to say was, freak. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just, I'm just yeah. reading the bio of the guy after playing this, and he was in two episodes of Star Trek. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, really? Of course he uh, was. Which, of of Next see. Gen? He was in uh, Deep Space Nine. He played um, okay. one of the hunters of the Tosk, which has an episode I've definitely seen before, but he was heavily, he- heavily made up. Um, Fascinating. And then he was in Voyager, playing a member of the Q Continuum in Death Wish, which of course he was. Look at him. Yeah. Um, this guy This guy should have been a fucking movie star. If there's well, any justice in the world. In Walker, um, which I watched recently. What did he? Who did he play in Walker? I'm trying to remember him now. Norval. Oh my god, yes! He was fantastic in that movie! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, he played his brother. He was. Can you he can was, you please name drop this guy? Because I don't know what his name his is. His name is Garrett Graham. Garrett, uh, G-E-R-R-I-T. Um, and I'm, I'm like very confident. It's because it's, it's yeah, his eyes. Anyway, he has very, um, very distinctive eyes. He played the older. Oh my god, yes. King shit. King so shit. I know that we're just this has become the please watch the Phantom of the Paradise episode. This please watch the, the Phantom Garrett of the Graham Paradise fan. Yeah, fan yeah exactly. This is now this is now the Garrett Graham fanboy podcast. Uh Garrett Graham, I assume you're not listening to this, but on the off chance that you are, hell yeah. <laughs> Hi, we're obsessed with you. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's what I will say about Phantom yes. of the Paradise is that that movie is clearly one, drawing from a lot of places. Yeah. It's drawing from Phantom of the Opera, it's drawing from Faust. Yes. It's drawing from like the picture of Dorian Gray. Yeah, he sold it so mm-hmm. from, from a lot of places. Exquisite. Yes. And and it is the inspiration for a lot of stuff that would come after. It is like Rocky Horror, one hundred percent. Um it's just like you watch this and it's it's hard to not to believe that this came before yeah. a bunch of that other stuff because it feels like it's drawing from 
a lot of like pretty big name things and it's not no. it is clearly the beginning point which is incredible <laughs> yeah um, i love that it's so fun and goofy the the guy who ends up being the like the phantom essentially uh gets his face stuck in what on a vinyl press and that's how he gets his like horrible disfiguring yeah. scar that he has to wear a mask for I mean, we've all and been that there. ben told me that before I saw this movie, and I lost my shit, like, shrieking laughter, and he was like, okay, so you're gonna watch this with me, yeah? And I was like, absolutely, 100%, I have to watch I this with you. I still don't know how they did the makeup to make his, the side of his face look fucked up, um, cause his eyeball, his actual eyeball looks fucked up, it's, it's insane. Um, the other thing about, uh, all of the 70s movie musicals is that I, that shit's all just, like, real old-fashioned movie magic, baby. Um. Practicals. And yep. also, I, I am once again, uh, setting up my, my, planting my standard that's on, on the hill that I'm gonna die on, that film stock looks better. <laughs> I feel like, now I haven't seen, obviously, Phantom of the Paradise, but I'm just sitting here thinking of, you, neither of you have seen Body Devil, right? There's a certain sequence that people, um, affectionately referred to as the Frankie goes to Hollywood sequence and in, in body double that um, comes out of not nowhere, but just is suddenly such powerful, insane, uh, coked up musical porn energy, like out of fucking like, it's just like a two minute sequence that yeah. I feel like he was really, Brian De Palma was really holding on to the energy that he let loose in Phantom of the Paradise to bring that back and put it into the yeah goes to Hollywood insane sequence. insane coked up I mean, horny movie musical yeah no that's just the that's yeah that's the Phantom of the Paradise insane, coked up shit but like also that particular sequence every, the, every the time the I think other, of Body Double I think of that scene <laughs> incredible the <laughs> other the other movie that I I am like it I was doing the thing where oh this reminds me of this thing but oh shit that came later is Brazil. Terry Gillum's mm, Brazil. Which I also haven't seen. Big time. Yeah. Me neither. I have the two disc criterion thing because I got it when one of the independent video rentals in Bellingham closed. <laughs> and I was like, I will be buying the two disc criterion edition of Brazil. Um, because this is the kind of person that I am. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I like weird bullshit. Back when Terry Gilliam would make good movies, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, don't rub it in. <laughs> you know, I am a, I am a direct benefit beneficiary of what was one of his last good bad movies um, before he Brothers Graham before he went completely off of the you know yeah became became a bitter yeah. bitter old man about it. Your friend his, and mine, Brothers Graham. Yes, his Don yeah. Quixote movie. Um, oh, Brothers Graham. That he wanted to make. Um, yeah, his his uh, his literally cursed Don Quixote movie. Um, speaking of cursed Don Quixote movies, um, I think we're just all collectively yeah. paying for the sins of Man of La Mancha, which I'm Look, sure okay. did not benefit from the fact that I had to watch it in high school Spanish class. Don't ask me why it's not in Spanish. <laughs> I would just like to say I watched... Uh, a horror movie about like an orphanage i don't remember which one in my high school spanish class so there's something about high school spanish classes that just it's probably odd choices orphanage. are made isn't that a spanish movie 
Oh, it was in Spanish, but it was terrifying. Oh, yeah, it's like a horror, yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it is a full-on horror movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We watched a movie where Audrey Tattoo was obsessively stalking this guy. It was pretty interesting. It's called He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not. Um, Mm. We watched Les Choristes, as every French class in the country watches. Um, Yeah, yeah. mandatory. (laughs) Mandatory, Les Choristes. Um, what was I, what was I just thinking of? Oh, Don Quixote. Don Quixote, I think, is just not a very filmable book. (laughs) Just don't think you should try to adapt Don Quixote. The musical adaptation of Man of of La Mancha, which I, yeah, is, I've never actually seen it on stage. Obviously, even if the rest of it's dog shit, it is worth it. Because the impossible dream is one of like is just is just one of the all time anthems. Gorgeous. Exquisite song. Anyway, just the movie sucks shit. That's it. That's the I, just, <laughs> I and like I am to believe me, I love Peter O'Toole. I know. That movie sucks shit. <laughs> we have to be honest when he doesn't make a good one. Look, we both yeah. you know, Beckett. Which is rough because Beckett is like a really I know, delicious, I know. delicious. Script. I want Beckett to be good, and it's not. But it's not a good movie. I <laughs> want it to be good, and it's not. It's so um, gay. It's yeah. So... That's like its only redeeming feature is that it's deeply, deeply, deeply it's homosexual. Desperately, desperately homosexual. But like, yeah. But like, it's just also end, like not of? very good. <laughs> it's just not a very good movie. Um, nothing against either of him or um richard burton who were both probably very very drunk when they were making it um yeah well you know that couldn't have helped <laughs> um I is there any other movies um, i want to talk about here i'm just looking at the list um can i just to change go. topics here i'm scrolling through this list yes. again which is the wikipedia list of like movie musicals by decade um they've got the 71 willy walker the chocolate factory on here mm-hmm. that Am I remembering that movie wrong? Why? No, there's music. In I it. do not remember it being okay. Yo, I, would not, I do not remember it well, being a musical. I think they're pure counting the Oompa Loompas. Well, yeah, pure, pure imagination. imagination the, there's the Charlie's um, mom has a number. There's I've got a golden ticket. All of, them, all of the Oompa Loompa songs. It's a musical, but yeah, okay. I mean, but most of the most of nice. the songs come before the factory. Yeah. Um, it's just the pure imagination pure imagination is so wonderful. So I mean, wonderful. look, yeah, the thing very the good. thing about this is that I am deeply 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 in love with Gene Wilder and also like when you put if you could put me in the gender machine, I would send it to Gene <laughs> Wilder. Um <laughs> Anyway. Yeah. Um I, I am seriously I kid, considering attempting had, to spend uh, a bunch of money on a they had purple like long lapel coats at target of all things and i was like i have an evolving this is an important point is i have an evolving willy wonka costume yes. like that i wear for things like when i need a costume for something so anyway i'll i was just forgetting this it. movie it's very called good. willy wonka in the chocolate factory um they know who the when i was a kid is. i had it on on vhs yeah. and i used to skip uh, over Charlie's mom's number because I thought it was so boring. That's why I did. Fair. <laughs> I was literally talking about this movie with my roommate yesterday because I oh, forget wild. why it came up, but I was like, 
Amanda, which of the Willy Wonkas do you prefer? Because I realized in that moment that maybe I would have to move out. <laughs> she was like, That's a loaded question. Yeah, I was, she was like, the Gene Wilder one, obviously. Like, oh, I don't even like the other one. And I was like, okay, excellent. We can continue to live together. I don't, I've um, like, I think I saw the other one. I'm pretty sure I that did. I blocked it out. I don't remember it's just not as good. about that movie. <laughs> it's an insane. There's movie. just nothing about it that is as good. No. It people were really obsessed. Like people, certain people were like really into it at the time because it was like a quote unquote more faithful adaptation. And then they were like, oh, "Don't well, don't you know that Roald Dahl was so mad about what they changed in Willy Wonka that he like yeah, kicked it or well, something?" I was like, "Okay, first also of all, Roald Dahl a huge anti-Semite. He can suck my dick." <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like I don't care what that man wants. Second of all, he needs to grow up. The only the only like decision that I'm actually like, this is stupid in a Roald Dahl movie adaptation is the ending of The Witches, which is which is just like a cop out. Um, Fair, but the Danny DeVito's Matilda, lovely Willy Wonka. Yeah. Is it the is it is Willy Wonka less faithful than Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, starring sure. Johnny yeah. Depp? Of Do all I people? care? Um, he, like, yes, it's less faithful. Is it a better movie? Yes, it's also that. Yes. Um, you know, Tim Burton feels like on the surface, like he would be really good paired with Roald Dahl, but it's almost a little bit too much. It's almost it's... a little bit too macabre. You need somebody like you need some kind of warmth to it instead of yeah. Just yeah, that's I rem- that that's a really good. You need some kind of. That's a really good point. Where like I love Tim Burton, but sometimes his stuff is a little clinical. Yeah, yeah, in a weird way, and like I feel like that needs yeah it, it needs it, it it needs a, a a playfulness that's not like a creepy playfulness he needs warmth yeah, his best, it needs a his best yeah. movies which i think are ed wood and um big yeah. fish and i guess yeah like, i'd agree with that hands, are all they they're all they all work because they are they're more willing to be a little bit like focused on the people rather than the style yeah to the point where i forgot he made those yeah me too i always forget that ed wood is a tim burton flick he there's an earnestness there's an earnest element to all of those movies that i feel like is absent in the other ones in a way that like it's like when people complain about yeah that's fair it's like when people complain about um wes anderson movies being like too mannered and i'm like what's wrong with you I feel like that is actually the problem that I have with Tim Burton movies sometimes is that they're too much yeah. Tim Burton and not enough like human warmth. Yeah. Um, speaking of. Yeah, he's too committed to his style. Yeah. Speaking of, of uh, to completely derail this, but also for some reason, just speaking of weird combos, um, I had just like the thought that crossed my brain was what if Mel Brooks did Fiddler on the Roof? Um, I just, right it's now. like, it would be, it would have been unhinged and it would have been like, it would have been irreverent all i feel like it would have been irreverent almost to the point of being offensive and all the more like gut-wrenching because of it hmm. because like mel brooks is like the only person i would want to joke about that shit you know where it's yeah. like yeah. also that would be like if mel brooks made for lord of the roof like 
no non-Jewish person would be allowed to watch that movie unless, like, accompanied by a Jew. You just would be like, no, you do not get to, do- no. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Ezra, you know, he's still Fair kidding, enough. so you should let him know. I know, I can't believe, I cannot yeah. believe that Mel Brooks, I mean, thank God, literally, I cannot believe Mel Brooks is still alive. Yeah, yeah. I that man has seen some shit. <laughs> Affectionate. Um, yeah. Uh, go watch, um, The Frisco Kid. If you've never seen my favorite Mel Brooks movie. I have not seen it, so Dude, I guess I'll see you guys later. Yeah, Gene, Gene Wilder and, uh, um, fucking Harrison young Ford. Harrison Ford go on a weirdly homoerotic road trip across the Hello? continent. Hello? I was joking, but, like... I'll see you guys later. Bye. I'm trying to get it, I'm trying to get it on DVD. It's like hard to find, but like I am yeah, obsessed with that movie. Um anyway. I wanna go watch Cabaret He didn't do again. any musicals during the seventies, Mel Brooks, but he did Weird. Wild. Frankenstein does have a couple of musical numbers in it. It does. As it does Blazing Saddles. That is true. The musical um, that they made of Young Frankenstein, I think is like look. I think it's hilarious. Is it objectively good? I don't care. It's very funny. <laughs> it's just, it's weird for me. It's hard for me to listen to it because they do that thing where they, they take a lot of dialogue from the movie and kind of play that is fair. numbers. And I've just no, seen that's the legit. movie. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. I've, I've seen the movie like... less frequently than you have. Also, I, um, yeah. Young Frankenstein had its, like, actual premiere at the fifth avenue theater in seattle and i saw it mm. before it went to broadway so i have like a weird soft spot for it cool. there's a handful yeah. of, there's a handful of musicals that premiered in seattle that i got to see before they went to broadway um hairspray is one of them oh <laughs> yeah fantastic and catch me if you can actually oh i forgot they made a musical of that they sure did they cut one of my favorite songs when it went to broadway which is dumb Anyway, Bummer. um, th- th- these are musicals, but not of the 1970s. Um, no. Do we have any kind of closing final points? thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, women got well. shafted in most of these. I feel like this is my, like, weird caveat for many, many, many things in the 70s. Yeah. Is that, like, also, not all the time, but in a lot of these movies, they're very dude focused dudes forward yeah which is not like an atypical complaint about a lot of stuff no absolutely notable in the 70s it's just that i'm much more willing to put up with it when that stuff is good yeah two of my favorite movies feature no women in speaking roles though so i'm a bad feminist and have to leave i can't help it i love (laughs) ezra canceled so much it's 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 also like in my defense it's lawrence of arabia and master and commander which are like so like what's the problem (laughs) um look i'm gay um i also think like it helps that like fiddler on the roof is so is, is so much more nuanced in that way yeah. and like that yes. like yes obviously absolutely. you feel you feel both for the daughters and you feel for teddy especially in that that last scene with um <laughs> with that song with their, and when they're Sorry. all dancing together and they go and they just go off their separate way i mean i was like sobbing for that entire thing but you're I like i'm gonna God, not start singing awful, on a tefka like, on this podcast because that would be bad but i'm gonna st- and you'll make me cry um but like you, just... but you understand at the same time, you know, you're not just yeah. like, ugh, 
Yeah. Um, no. No, absolutely. So, God, yeah. that Fiddler just lives inside my ribcage. It just does. It's like there's this tattoo artist in Toronto. Um, their name is Joey Ramona. Um, go check their shit out on uh, Instagram. But they do, um, they're Jewish and queer, and they do tattoos of like little shtetl houses. Um, because it's like you can't go back. But you also can't escape the imprint of that. And so this way you, like, carry it wherever you go. And I'm, like, I'm flying to Toronto and I'm getting one of these. Um, and it's just, like, this thing that's, like, you just can't, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's like even if you wanted to, you can't put it down. And, and, and Fiddler just captures that in such a, in such a specific way for me. Um... Yeah, that there's, there's, and it's also, it's like, it's so earthy, like, literally, it's very, like, people, there's a lot of dirt. Yeah. Everybody's, good, you know, they're farming, they're dirt roads, dirt, dust, all of this stuff that, that's like, this, this thing where it's like, these people are so dependent on the land, and also have no right to it. That's again diaspora blues hour. Um, I just wish that people would make movie musicals that weren't self conscious about being movie musicals. You can do it. Yeah. I'm gonna go watch. You know, go watch West Side Story again. Yeah, it's that not that you can't do it. It's just that people don't, and that sucks. Yeah, about having. Quit fucking apologizing uh, for shit heart. being a musical. And quit fucking yeah. apologizing for shit having a heart. Like, just, think just yeah. get I, I over your fucking general, irony poisoning. <laughs> not to get too much in the weeds before we need to end, but I feel like it's a general, like, a, a shame of genre in general. I yeah. feel like yeah. a lot of movies, yeah. no matter what their genre is now, yeah. really They're feel like they have to be overly reflexive. Even superhero movies, which are so popular right now, always have to be like, well, that's just so right? self-conscious about so it. It's just like, we're in a superhero movie. This guy can fly. And it's like, okay, we've, we've been through this. We don't, don't have to do this right now. Right? Don't. There's a difference between um, winking and whatever you're doing, which is yeah, there's a difference more between like a cry meta. for help. There's a difference between what <laughs> exactly. There's a difference between what Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is doing with film noir and um, like neo noir in general yeah. and crime and mystery movies yeah. and and action movies. Yeah. And then there's you know winking at the camera too much where you're just like so self reflexive that you bend right back around and kiss your own ass, right? You know, there's yeah. So I think it like musicals are definitely like one of the biggest like fatalities of that because they're so dependent on not being irony poisoned in order to work (laughs) um and we live in a very irony poisoned age because we are in the era of the internet (laughs) musicals are like those Um, what's the name for like a species in an ecosystem that's like the first one to go when there's a disturbance Um, i don't know i i know what you mean 
Yeah, but I, I they're like I can't the they're like the, the mus- musicals are the amphibians of the uh, the movie <laughs> ecosystem. They're the yeah. ones that react yeah. badly to the poison first. Yeah, and I would say that's what that's part of the reason I like was so frustrated by the Into the Woods movie. Oh my god. Right, which I didn't even really see, but like any of the bits and Pete's pieces I saw of it, I was like, "You're making a musical about a fairy tale. You just gotta commit to the fact that that's what you're doing, yeah. and it's a musical about a fairy tale that makes me cry every time I yeah. listen to it. Yeah, and, and that's okay. Yeah. And it's like the script itself. You watch the original production um, that that's available to watch on YouTube. That, that like, the script itself is already very." Uh, self-aware, not self-conscious, yeah. but self-aware. No, but it's self-aware. It's very aware of like the tropes that it's handling and the, and what it's going like the plates that it's balancing. You don't need to go any. You don't have to be like about about Into the Woods because Into the Woods is already doing that. Like it's already that's the whole point of Into you. the Woods. <laughs> like yeah, don't quit. Yeah, quit fucking trying to outthink um, Sondheim. Just just quit it. Quit that shit. <laughs> Stop! Oh, You're not going. It's not going to work. It. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's very nice that my my radical Jewish calendar that I get every year um has specifically has Stephen Sondheim's yard site on it, which I was like, ah, I'm gonna light a yard site candle for Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Oh man. Yeah. I'm sure we talked about this after he passed. Oh, we did because we did that whole huge episode. We did. About it. Yeah, we um, did. We did. But like, Let's man, cry. we need to cry about Sondheim Carthars episode. Yeah. I still remember like being at my dad's house when we found out my dad and I just sitting there like in like stunned silence. Like, what, what do you even say? Yeah. Um, this is maybe like a corny thought that I want to wrap up on. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's that's my job around here is the corny thoughts. That's not true. Is, it's all of our jobs. Yeah. Um, that's the podcast but like i was saying earlier there's this idea that like the reason that musicals work is that like you everyone in this this place is feeling so deeply that you have to sing and there's this really i forget who said it but there's this this um piece that's about like where do people go when when they're feeling things so deeply and they go to poetry they go to art yes that's um i think it's ethan hawk is the the one that you're thinking of Yes, thank you. And I think that part of the reason that musicals work, the part of the reason we create musicals is because, like, we can all relate to the, like, yeah. I am feeling something so strongly right now that I have to, even if I'm not singing. No, but... I'm a person who sings, but not everybody is. Like, I have to, I have to It's gonna overflow to music about somehow. It. Yeah, and it's it's gonna yeah. overflow outside of the normal, like, the, the, the normal channels of human communication cannot encompass this feeling. And if so I gotta you've never his... felt like that ever in your life, I'm sorry, and I hope that you do someday. Yeah. But also, I find it really hard to believe that, like... Yeah. No, same. I hope that you, I hope usually, that you feel I comfortable embracing that feeling. Like, I hope yeah. that you don't feel ashamed of having feelings yeah. that big. That's what yeah, I want for exactly. you, the listener, and all of us. Agreed. Though I imagine if you were listening to our show, you were probably yeah, the I mean, person who's ashamed yeah, about musicals. I, I seriously, but, if you're you if know. you're listening to our show, you might be repressed about other shit, but I seriously doubt <laughs> that's what you're repressed about. <laughs> Agreed. So, so that was kind of my final thought oh, about like musicals that. and why I like them so yeah, much. Is absolutely. I think I can relate to them. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make Ben's day by being like, let's watch Jesus Christ Superstar because that's his favorite uh, musical. 
Any anybody else? H, you got anything you want to add? Or no, I've almost cried like three times during this podcast episode alone. So I think I'm good. <laughs> Fucking love you guys. Thanks for thanks yeah. for coming on this journey with me for my birthday. Um, and yep, uh, always. Thank you to all of you listening for coming on this journey uh, with me for for my birthday, and also just because you know we're we're friends. So that's right. Happy birthday, Ezra! Thanks, and thanks for hanging out with us here on Sneeple at the Movies from the Infinity Break Network. Check out infinitybreak.net for more awesome content and come hit us up on Twitter at people underscore snake or shoot us an email at sneepleatthemovies at gmail.com. Our amazing music was done by Johnny Ronaldo, who you can find at Johnny Ronaldo on Twitter. Our super snazzy logo was designed by Bethany Luthold. Check her out at bethanyluthold.wixsite.com. If you've got a subject you want to hear us talk about, a movie you think we absolutely need to see, or you want to tell us about your favorite movie musical, come say hello. Also, if you can, please leave a review on iTunes and share the show with any friends you think would enjoy it. Any way you can spread the news helps us so much, and we really appreciate it. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the movies.